Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you would like to join a community of like-minded agency owners and scale your business while doing so, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call to explore options on how we can help you scale your agency. What is good, agency owners? Welcome back. Have a really cool guest today. We got Brooke Hiddink, founder of High Ticket E-Commerce. I've been seeing this guy in his really good profile picture on Twitter for a while now. And this is our first conversation. Uh, someone who's clearly beast in the space comes with high, high credibility. So, Brooke, thanks for coming in, bro. For everyone that doesn't know you, who's Brooke? What's High Ticket E-Commerce? And we'll dive in from there. Thanks a lot for having me. Like you said, my name is Brooke Hiddink. On the high-ticket e-commerce program, we have, I guess, two different offers on that program. But essentially, the gist is we sell higher price items online. So things that you wouldn't usually think of when you think of drop shipping. So we sell like saunas, massage shares, home gyms, higher-end items. So I've done that myself now for about two and a half years and started a coaching program a little bit over a year ago. Been helping lots of people build that up. And yeah, it's going really well, man. I had someone on, someone else in the Twitterverse, this is like two years ago now, who does something similar, like only high ticket. What initially inspires you to get into high ticket? Because it's it's logical, right? Okay, I only need to sell 10 units today to actually maybe, I can imagine you as a young teenager or young 20 something trying to, to make a living not in corporate America. How'd you initially get into this? Because this is pretty unique. So I started pretty much how everyone does. AliExpress dropshipping, um, failed miserably with that. Like I think I failed a whole bunch of different stores selling all kinds of stuff from like kitchen stuff, dog leashes, dog carriers, whatever else. And I think I just heard a podcast and it sounded like, oh shit, like that kind of makes sense. And I think at the beginning, like obviously I wasn't very knowledgeable uh, of e-commerce at the time. And it just kind of seemed to be the exact opposite of what I was doing and what I was doing wasn't working. So I thought, hey, might as well give it a try. And it was a little bit slow at first. So I started with, with furniture. And I think I had like a month where I was trying that and it didn't go very well. And then I kind of thought like, hey, Furniture is not working. What can I add that's like furniture, but would be a little bit of a different space? And that's when I first tried saunas. And that's what I had the most success with out of any product. So as soon as I started selling saunas, things took off quite quickly for me. So, And that sounds it's probably... What, what year was this too, by the way? So this was 2021. So it would have been like August when I first started with the low ticket AliExpress stuff. And then it fumbled around with, I think it took a while to get the business set up. I think I started with the furniture in September. And then I sold my first sauna in October of that year. So October 21st, I think was the date of my first sale. Hell yeah. And so that's the origin story, right? That's where you were. That's kind of how you got to like this archetype, this professional and CEO that you are today. How'd you go from there to, you know, now you do, you do this. I'm assuming you still are selling, but you're also teaching people. How'd you go from one like A to B? So when I got started with, with Hot TV Commerce, I didn't have any social media at all. So I wasn't on Twitter yet. I had like a personal Instagram with like three or four photos. And that was the case for, I think, the, over the first year from that October, or August, September until the following August. And then um, the following August, I started posting on Instagram first. 
And I came across, I'm sure you know, like Logue Fitz, Nick Rogers. I came across their stuff and ended up joining their launch. So they have a program that's like launch social. So it's essentially like how to build up your social media. So I joined that and started sharing a bit what I was doing online. And because it's such a unique business model, I don't think on Twitter there was anyone else even talking about it at all. So I was the first one to really talk about it on Twitter, which led to hundreds of people asking me uh, in my DMs for like advice and how to do this, which eventually uh, I never really planned to launch a coaching program on it. It just kind of got to the point where I had so many people asking for help. I started doing one-on-one consulting, which I quickly found out is not scalable whatsoever. So after I did one-on-one consulting for a little bit, ended up launching the coaching program. And yeah, like you said, so I'm still doing it to this day. Uh, I do have some other things going on. So I'm actually starting my own high ticket brand now. So I'm working on my own sauna brand where I'll have like my own brand of products and I won't just be dropshipping. And yeah, it was, it was kind of perfect because when you get started with high ticket dropshipping, you, you can learn all the skills and save up some capital. So now I can start my own brand. So there's no way I could have started my own sauna brand at the, at the beginning. So it helped me build those skills, staff some capital. So now I'm able to do that. And now with the coaching program going very, very well, but we also recently launched a SaaS called Supplier HQ. So the best way to describe Supplier HQ is essentially, I'm sure you've heard of like AliExpress. It's like AliExpress for high ticket. So it's like a supplier database of all the suppliers with um, their margins, their contact information, and essentially a hub of where all these suppliers are for these expensive products that someone can log on and, and find everything in one spot because that never existed. So it's like, a, it's like a marketplace for suppliers. Exactly. Yeah. So it has all their data, so their margins, the most important factors. So like their search demand, like how many people are searching for this brand every month. And I think what I'll do is I'll probably honestly put my sauna brand on Supplier HQ and then let some people in my program like be dealers for my saunas as well. White label or dropship, sorry, because in my world, it's white label. Dropship your own. Yeah, dropship. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of cool now. There's three separate businesses. So there's the sauna business, the coaching business, and now the SaaS, but they all are kind of one ecosystem. So when I work on one, they kind of all benefit, which is which is a cool place to be. Yeah, it's like rising tide. I mean, you pick the right space because guys like you and I, I mean, I don't really know anything about you, right? I know just looking at you, I could assume we have similar interests, but you know, we moved into, my wife and I moved into a new home, right? So I've been in the biohacking world going back to 2017. And I remember thinking like years ago, right? When I have a home, when I have space, I'm going to want a sauna, like gotta, gotta biohack. So it's guys like myself that it's becoming, it's a really popular space to be in. So obviously you kind of been able to ride the wave. Let me ask you this. So based on where you're at coming into 2024, you have three different things. How do you I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is doing multiple ventures, right? How are you able to manage three things that even though they, they funnel into one another and they kind of help compound one another, how are you still able to manage all three simultaneously? I think it really comes down to good hiring. So each one of those businesses has a COO in place, which essentially runs the day-to-day business, which has been huge for me. So essentially like we're running with the the software like we put our students from the coaching program on the software so a lot of my time right now is spent on the coaching like driving people into the coaching program because essentially the coaching program is the lead funnel not only for the coaching program but for the software as well so uh, i have great day-to-day operators in both businesses so i can really spend my time on that and then eventually if i do put the sauna brand on the software i'll literally be feeling all three brands from working on just the front end of the coaching 
which is, it's three businesses, but like you said before, the, the tide rises for all of them if the, the coaching program does well. Interesting. So that's your leading offer to really drive everything else because in theory, right, the more people you get in the coaching program, the more people go into the platform, the more recurring revenue and value the platform gets. And then you kind of pick your best students to drop ship your product. So you don't have to, and granted, you still have a CEO and a team selling and working on that product too. So it seems like your one thing is the coaching program and you have three people who their one thing is each of the individual businesses. Is that right? I definitely give my insight for all of them. Like I, I meet with them regularly. I'm kind of, I think my strength is, uh, as a business owner is, is kind of at the higher level. It's ideas. Where each of the people in those uh, COO roles, they're very good operators and integrators. So it's great. Like I can hop on a call with them and say, hey, like I think this should be like this or I have this idea. And then they'll actually execute and make that happen, which is really the perfect setup for me. One of the hardest things as an agency owner is building a team that can actually execute without needing you and deliver results that you could trust to learn things fast and deliver every single time. The reality though, most of us can't afford top tier talent. And even those of us who can afford top tier talent doesn't know how to get the best talent to work for us. That's why I built the eight figure funnel. I've been able to hire over six eight-figure COOs and convince them to come work for me to help my clients grow. Guys that have already been there and done that, that have run 20, 30, 50, 80 million dollar a year companies working for someone who's not even 30 years old. I've put this all into a simple ebook so you can do exactly the same thing. If you want access to this ebook, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash value and grab one of my best pieces of free content that I've ever released today. Hey there, this is Jordan Ross, your host of How to Scale an Agency, and thank you so much for listening. If this podcast has given you any value, if you listen to it weekly or you're just tuning in on a blue moon, please like and subscribe and give us a good review. Reviews are the easiest way that we can help other agency owners expand their information, their knowledge, and grow their companies, which is why we do this. We do this to help each and every one of you make business growth simpler. So, like I've said, if you've received value, we do not promote our podcasts any other way except through word of mouth. We don't have sponsors because we want to keep this as high level for you as possible. If you could return just a little bit of a thank you back to us, we would so greatly appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the show. For everyone listening, right? Like Brooke here is clearly the, what Gina Wickman calls the visionary. I actually call it the architect. The way my brain works, I could... When I think about, I want to build something, we're, we're shifting into a portfolio model rather than consulting model. Like when I have that idea, I'm able to kind of see that idea and extrapolate and then just kind of spoon feed the things I need my team to build. So it's a really similar frame of the way my brain thinks. And then you funnel that into the people that can actually build it for you. And it's serendipitous, like you're feeding into one another. I find that finding those operators is one of the hardest things to do. It's so hard. And then once you have them, it's really hard to train them. How did you find three good operators? Yeah, all three of them are a little bit different. So the operator for the coaching program, he worked 
at a very high level telehealth company who was in office. So I just did a usual hiring process through my personal brand on Twitter, Instagram, um, made a jog post on LinkedIn. And this guy had worked in a really high level company and he was looking for something remote. So he was, it was kind of like the good timing, good luck that we found him where he was just kind of like stepping out of this um, higher end job. He just came through the normal hiring funnel, like nothing crazy. You just went through a process. Yeah. But the other two for the, the software in the sauna brand, both were students in the program. So one guy, the C- COO of the uh, software, he's ran large companies. So he's built, it's called Better Place For Us. It's like a, it's quite a cool company, actually. It's like a, in short, if you know somebody passes away, instead of getting them a tombstone, you buy them a tree and then your whole family can go under the same tree. But this, this company had been worth, I think, 80 or $90 million. And he joined my program specifically just to learn Google Ads. His company wasn't running Google Ads. He just wanted to like set up a store for fun to learn Google Ads. And he had joined like a, he was one of the one-on-one people I was working with right away, actually. So we worked together for eight or nine months. I kind of pitched him this idea I had for the software. He loved it. And he said, like, I've literally built many things exactly like this. Why don't I come on board? So then that's kind of how I found him. And then the CEO of the Sauna brand, essentially I made a job application just in our group. So I said, like, anyone who's built their store using this program to, I think the criteria was 50K a month. So someone who'd actually like done this program reasonably successfully, here's a job application. So I think I got 15 to 20 people. And I knew the guy uh, who ended up picking really, really good guy. I had built a really successful store. So I kind of picked him through that. So all a little bit different, but great. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the easiest hires are the people that come through your network, right? So my first hire was a client too, right? But this is, we're, we're going on four years of when I hired my first consultant. Ultimately, we ended up scaling where our model became so unique where that's not available. But for, especially when you're still having a lean team, if you could find someone in your network that you were running other capabilities, it mitigates a lot of the risk. So currently on the platform, how long has the platform been running? How long has each of these things been running for concurrent? Like, So the coaching program has been around since October of 2022. So about a year, year and four months. The software has been around only for two months. So it'll be our second full month on January 20th. Just recently launched. Yeah. And the Sauna brand is actually still in development. So essentially that's a dropshipping store right now. We're in product development with um, manufacturer in China. So we should have our first product in warehouse by end of February, early March. So it's in progress. I'm not an e-commerce guy, right? I'm a service-based business owner. Um, how does that change like margin, net margin over the course of a year based, I'm sure you're forecasting this, but when you actually shift from drop shipping to manufacturing, obviously I've assumed there's a lot of, there's a lot of costs because I have friends that do e-commerce, but it's like, like face creams, right? And I know the biggest issue is cash flow and, you know, inventory. How do you forecast that shifting from a drop shipping model to really owning and developing the actual product. And this is like, I'm assuming these aren't small, right? Yeah. So how's that, how's that change net margin or cash flow or all that shit from a forecasting perspective? It's a good question. So like when you're drop shipping, you're essentially a service provider. So you don't have to take on any inventory. You don't have to worry about any of this cash flow stuff that most e-commerce brands do. So most of the time, I would say good margin drop shipping is 25 to 30% or higher. 
I've had some that are as high as 50 or 60. That's rare. I think like 25, 30 higher. So if you're selling an $8,000 sauna, if you can net two, that's solid. And that'd be solid for any business too. Like 20, 30% margin is good for any business. And the nice thing is you don't have to then reinvest your profit back into inventory, which I'll not have to do. So now, um, instead of making 2000 on the $8,000 sauna, I'll probably make four or five. But now I have to have a certain amount of capital stuck in inventory. And then if I want to scale, we're going to need more inventory. So that profit, we're going to have to then funnel back into more inventory. Is that something now where it's like you've been able to be successful doing this, where you basically have a cash available? Because I'm thinking of three ways. It's either your capital that you have saved to invest in this. You go out through your network and you have a private investor that's kind of putting in the capital or you're getting a loan. Like which way, which modality did you choose to kind of get this started? As you see this ramping up, capital is the biggest issue I know. How do you see this shifting the model changing just from a capital investment perspective? Yeah. So the first order, I'll just self-fund. I think it'll be 35, 40 grand for the first order, which I'll just self-fund. And then I imagine after that, once we kind of prove the concept and make those first sales, we probably will use uh, an inventory funding provider for at least the first year or two, I would say. I don't want to front that all myself. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. to why, why would you if you have the ability to use credit? Exactly. Probably scale up using, using these providers. But then I think eventually the goal will be to just use profit from our orders to, to fund it all and, and have a certain amount stuck in a warehouse. I love that. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I find it so fascinating because obviously this isn't the world I play in. And just it's a different modality of operating a business. So what I'm hearing, your biggest skill set outside of kind of being visionary and being able to reverse engineer a lot of this stuff, it's really you become an exceptional marketer, right? You obviously there's a lot more skill sets, recruiter, manager, CEO, program development, but maybe the thing that enabled all this, you're just an exceptional marketer. Would you say that's a fair assumption? I think so. Yeah, I would say so. And I think even a lot of the the marketing skill set I've built, it's all the same. So I think there's different business models. Like you said, you're in service-based business. I'm in e-com and coaching and software. I really think the marketing skill set kind of cross applies across all of them. So it touches everything, right? It does. I'm pretty confident I could start any real business model. And as long as I understood it and I understood what the customer for that business wanted, I would probably be able to market it effectively. That was kind of going to be my follow-up question. So let's just use in simplest terms that what's the difference between a funnel for like an e-commerce product, like your saunas versus your coaching program and what platforms are you using for the funnels and how are they kind of different? How are they similar? Honestly, they're, they're a lot more similar than you'd think. So with uh, the coaching program, we use click funnels. We have two offers. We have a higher priced offer and like a, a lower priced offer. The lower priced offer is sold on a webinar. And they just check out themselves on ClickFunnels. And then we have like a sales call funnel where like they would speak to a sales rep and then the sales rep would send them the payment link and they would onboard them. For e-commerce, we use Shopify primarily. But the, the whole purpose of both is essentially just it's doing the exact same thing. It's objections. So with e-commerce, it's when's my product going to ship? How am I going to set it up? How long is it going to take to arrive? Am I going to be able to move it myself? which are the objections for Asana, where with the coaching program, it's what's your success rate? How many hours a week do I have to put in? Can I do this if I live in Europe? It's the same thing. You're just essentially figuring out what the objections are of your customer. 
And then whether you're communicating the answer to that on a sales call or on your Shopify landing page or on the webinar, you just want to essentially address their objections and and make them a strong offer. Mm, I love that. Kind of going down to that funnel, one of the things I find that talking about the coaching service, right? Because selling a coaching program is really comparable to a lot of what our clients, the agency owners, like a lot of them sell fractional work, a lot of them sell coaching services and consulting services. How did you source and find your closers and how many closers do you have on that business? So we have three closers and three SDRs. To be honest with you, that's one part of the business I don't really touch. So we have a head of sales who he's a killer, awesome guy. So he essentially runs the whole sales team. So I'm not really involved in that at all. Great. Well, how'd you find him? Just through network. He's on Twitter. His name's Dev Mason, but he's... um, not to be mistaken with Cardinal Mason. No, also on Twitter, <laughs> Dev Mason. But uh, yeah, he's doing he's doing an awesome job. So he uh, he's built the whole team. I've made a couple hiring posts and stuff when we've needed SDRs or closers. But he he's done really well himself in sales, and now he's essentially running. He's essentially a fractional head of sales. So he does this for a few different offers. I would. I'm probably going to want to bring him on the pod. I'm curious to hear his opinion. So. I, and by the way, for everyone listening, that's like, oh, I want to follow. What is his handle on Twitter? Because even when I search, I can't find him on Twitter. So his handle is Devante, D-E-V-A-N-T-A-E underscore Mason. So M-A-S-A-U-N. I'm just going to pop him in our chat here. For your coaching program, do you guys, is this a cohort model? Is this, uh, you enroll people as they come in? Because we've seen a bunch of different coaching programs come on the pod and everyone has a different philosophy. Is this just rolling or is it you will only onboard people in a specific interval? It's rolling. It is one-on-one. So every person who joins gets a one-on-one coach in a private Slack channel. So a one-on-one coach they can meet with when they want. They have a private Slack channel with me and all the other coaches. So like one-on-one, kind of that private feedback aspect if they want feedback on something individual to them. And then we have like 12 hours of group coaching calls a week on all sorts of different topics. So SEO, closing suppliers, email marketing, all these different kind of sub niches of e-commerce we cover on group calls. Great. So it's it's actually a really similar model to what we're doing. And honestly, terminology, I call it consulting because we're not, we're training and telling people what to do, which might be similar. It's, It's really similar, but different industries. So let's actually use this as a good segue for your business. People might be listening to this and might be thinking, shit, I, I want to check that out. Where can they actually go explore the coaching program? Yeah, so the best spots would probably honestly just be my social media profiles. So Twitter is at EcomWithBrooke, same with Instagram. Uh, YouTube is, I think, just Brooke Hitting, my name. We do a live webinar once a month. So I think you can sign up for that at High Ticket E-commerce, www.highticketecommerce.co slash live, where I essentially do like a two-hour live training on the business model. Other than that, social media would be the best spot. Right. And who's the type of person that's a good fit for your program? I'd say the best fit is someone who's got 10 to 15 hours per week to put into this, a couple thousand dollars to actually start the business. It's not just like AliExpress where you pop up a store today and you're running Facebook ads tomorrow for a a $5 fidget spinner. So it does take some capital to like set up the business, to get your business set up, your bank accounts. When you're selling expensive items, you do do obviously need a bit more of a budget for ads when you're selling like an $8,000 sauna when you're getting started. So 10, 15 hours a week, a few thousand dollars to invest. And we found that to be between like 25 and 40 year olds, maybe in a job they don't currently like, maybe have had an exit in a different business and want to try something new. Maybe someone who's just freshly out of school, 
but isn't necessarily happy with how things have gone so far. That's usually the prototypical person who joins. Cool. And for you and plugging your businesses or your socials, is there any other place that you would want listeners to come check you out? Yeah, definitely check out my YouTube. I think there's a ton of value on there on the business model on myself. Yeah, check out the YouTube. Is it your same name, Brooke Hitting? Yeah, so it's youtube.com slash just Brooke Hitting, B-R-O-O-K-H-I-D-D-I-N-K. Cool. And let's see. Oh, shit, dude, you got 58. So you've been able, I should bring you on in the future to talk about your socials. You got 58,000 subs. How long have you done YouTube for? Just over a year. So I think started last September, September of 2022. Started 2023 with about 1,000 subs. So they all came last year. And just to give you guys some context, I started February 2023. I have about 1,650 subs. So clearly Brooke is a freaking genius over here, guys. So you're <laughs> going to want to give him a follow and watch us. If, um, Brooke, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you. It's been a blast, man. Thanks for having me. What is good, ANC owners? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you were looking for support growing your agency and are not sure the best way to do that, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where you will book a call with us and we will start our process to help you figure out what is the best way to grow your business. We're going to review your systems, add value, and help you understand a new model and system that you can start to build that is going to easily enable massive growth this year. Once again, that is eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where we will help you scale your agency and add $10,000 in MRR per month. Cheers.